0: And finally, we have a new episode of Screening in Kingston after a week and a half of wildness. Um, thank you, everybody, for being patient. We intended to have this episode go on last week, but we had some technical issues. So this is the episode you would have got last week, and then we'll be uh, we'll be all caught up. Um, I, I'm, of course, Mike here as always. Um, I'm welcoming Andrew back to the show. So first of all, Andrew, welcome back. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, an honor to, I hope I do her justice.
0: Yes. Taylor leaves a a big gap on the show. Absolutely. You're right about that because uh, unfortunately Taylor uh, couldn't make it this week. Um, She's got the week off uh, just a little under the weather. Um, Most people out there will understand, well, she's pregnant and she needs her time and we're giving her her time. Um, So you, you were willing to step in last week. Uh, Andrew and you decided, hey, I'll just stick around uh, and do this week's episode, so Taylor can have the time off. So I'm sure, uh, yeah, no one can replace Taylor. You're right about that, but we'll uh, we'll push forward and try to. I'll try do to my best to make it an entertaining <laughs>
1: episode as much as possible.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, yep yeah, we should. And we're all hoping that Taylor will be back next week. Um, but uh, as people know, Taylor will be taking some time off throughout November and December at least. So we've got some pre-recorded episodes that will include Taylor. We're gonna have some guests on that won't include Taylor. It'll be kind of a mishmash. So this is kind of how we kick all that off. Um, but it's a normal episode of Screening in Kingston. This isn't gonna be a, a spec- usually when we bring a guest on, I guess we do like a topic or a specific genre that we're gonna tackle or something that, that is in the interests of the guest. But this is a normal episode. We've got fan questions to kick things off. I've got my review of bros that I'm finally going to get to talk about after two weeks, Andrew, of not being able to talk about <laughs> this movie. I finally get to say something about it. I'm um, surprised
1: your Twitter hasn't been more active about it because you haven't been able to say anything yet.
0: <laughs> well, I guess I just don't like to give too much away of what I think because if people are listening to the show and also follow me or screening at on social media, I don't want to give them reason not to listen. By just saying, here's all my thoughts. So I like to save it for here. Um, So I'm going to review bros and uh, you and I are both going to talk about She-Hulk. We briefly brought up the series during uh, the big anniversary episode for Screening Kingston, but the finale just happened this past week. So we thought, hey, might as well be topical and talk about that series.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was it was quite the series, uh, quite the roller coaster. So I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that.
0: I am something you said too that I really didn't 100% appreciate until the series was over was that you said you were really happy that it was going to be nine episodes as opposed to to only six, which has yes. been Marvel's kind of recent tradition for whatever reason. And I kind of after watching it, I kind of thought like, yeah, this is one that needed to I think feel more like. A a regular TV show or sitcom, or at least kind of have more episodes to to let the series breathe and let it do multiple things, which it was oh, able absolutely. to do at nine, yeah. but not at yeah. six,
1: <laughs> and have uh, had the ability to have uh, the longevity to have more cameos and stuff like sitcoms do. I think that was important too. A lot of people complained about the amount of um, cameos that were in it, thinking that that's basically all it was. But I, you know, I just I think it was just more of a tribute to the whole. Um, you know, um TV shows, sort of the way that they do things yeah. like having special guest stars on.
0: Yeah, and I think people will find anything they want to to complain about things. But one of the especially things <laughs> yeah, especially about Marvel, one of the things I learned about the way of thinking was when I listened to the commentary track of the first uh I think it was Avengers Infinity War. Like I think, But it was well, the one before Endgame and hmm. the directors were talking about a couple cameos that were that were in there. Like, oh, you had you had the uh, Spider-Man's friend on the bus and you had like little things it was like, well, they only said one line. And the director said, well, we need a character to do something here anyway. It might as well be someone you recognize. Like yeah. it's a way to bring the world together, make it feel like it is all one world. And if someone's got to do something anyway, why not? it be a cameo. And that's kind of what I was thinking during this show. She mm-hmm. has to have cases because she's a lawyer. So why not have them be people you recognize as opposed to just random people that they make up?
1: Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Talk about She-Hulk, uh, bros, Answer some fan questions, um, and then I'll quickly walk through some interesting movie trailers that have been going on. There's a couple that I've seen that kind of get me excited uh, about the, the fall movie season, especially as we're going to head into awards season. So we're starting to get little trailers of those movies where you watch it and go, hmm, that's probably going to be up for an award. Like, I don't know, Andrew, if you saw the trailer for Babylon yet. No, I think it, I ju- it just... Yeah started to go out there because I saw it before. um, uh, I think it was bros. Actually. I think that that one of the trailers was for Babylon and it's, it's by Damien Chazelle who did La La Land um, and whiplash. And like, so he's, he's obviously been nominated for Oscars before and it's a movie that's about the kind of beginnings of Hollywood and the kind of crazy things that the people would get involved with. Oh, interesting. So Brad Pitt apparently plays some sort of producer who comes into Los Angeles and tries to make like actors less of a just, oh, side by thing that people do because like he describes it as all actors, they're just treated, you know, like animals. And then he's trying to make them celebrities. Like it's kind of like the the push of that. And the movie looks um crazy. (laughs) Like just off the walls, nuts. And all I'm thinking of is is that the Academy loves loves movies about themselves. Um and they clearly love Damien Giselle. But he's just going all out like there's jazz in this uh trailer and there's there's singing and dancing and like severe drug use and fighting and people are in trouble like i don't it doesn't really tell you much about the plot but what i can gather is that brad pitt is a producer who's kind of setting up the early hollywood margot robbie's in it um and plays uh you know an actress clearly who's starting to kind of get stardom and gets into some sort of trouble like you can tell there's some sort of mob connection right. and that she okay. gets into some sort of issue so it looks like a wild ride but it definitely feels like an oscar bait movie
1: <laughs> yeah no it definitely sounds like uh something that's uh, up their alley um i'll definitely have to check that out when we're uh when we're done here
0: yeah check out the babylon trailer that one's Really interesting. Um, the other trailer that uh, we can get into some trailer stuff now that I wanted to talk to you about because I'm pretty sure you saw it was the for Wakanda Forever, the yeah. latest trailer for the next Black Panther movie. So that looks really interesting because the trailer is one of the like saddest, most depressing things I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did a really good job of making it very ominous about. Uh, um... The passing of uh t'challa so yeah it was, it's really going to be uh interesting to see how that they morphed it in from that perspective into okay then I'll let's get to into an action movie here
0: um, yeah i have no idea still what they're gonna say like how how in universe they're gonna say that he passed away like as people know and just to remind people chadwick boseman who played t'challa slash black panther he passed away um and now this movie's happening and they've kind of had to rewrite things and make it so he's obviously like I don't even think he, they started filming with him like I'm not even yeah, sure it, there was, was like anything. I think
1: it was just planned I don't think it yeah. was anything done with him and they they boldly chose not to recast him they decided to to leave it be and and have him uh, um, pass in in uh, universe as well so that's an interesting mm-hmm. take cuz so that doesn't happen a whole lot you know like no. the whole Paul Walker thing they use CGI to finish the movie and things like that so yeah um, yeah it, it's because,
0: true and because their plan was for him to play such a big role like he was supposed to be kind of the next leader or the next person mm-hmm. to really take take a, a very similar like iron man and captain america and thor who took big leaderships in the avengers he was really supposed to be the one um who takes kind of a big leadership mantle and now they've had to reset everything yeah big, um,
1: big uh shake up for the whole universe
0: What's really interesting about the trailer is that, you know, obviously his, so his mother, who's played by Angela Bassett, is clearly taking a big leadership role in Wakanda. And again, th- what one of the things I like, you're going to hear me talk about movie trailers in my bros review. So one of the things I really okay. like about movie trailers is like this one and like Babylon, you give me enough that I can put together kind of what's going on, but you right. don't give me too much that the entire movie is spoiled like that Batman versus Superman trailer, which pretty much <laughs> yeah, said, yeah. here's the movie. <laughs> here's, yeah. here's beat for beat, everything that's happening in the movie. This, no, I'm very
1: much the same way. I, yeah. I like uh, putting together the story in my head as I'm watching it.
0: Yeah. And even, and if you're wrong, it makes for a pleasant surprise. And if you're right, okay, cool, awesome, good job, but nothing's ruined because you're just theorizing. But I really liked this trailer because it gave me enough to say, Oh, Clearly, the as, as, you know, the lines of the trailer, are like, you know, our protector is gone and you think we're weak. Like, clearly Wakanda is going up against someone or something that feels they're weak and vulnerable. Um, and Wakanda has to stand together to defeat whatever these water-like people are except okay there's one (laughs) this is getting really nitpicky but there's one brief thing in the trailer where the water dude who i think is the villain is like flying in the air too so he can fly and i guess swim like he kind of flies or like sort of like leaps i guess leaps through the air
1: um yeah i honestly had no idea who this guy was and i I looked him up a little bit (laughs) and um interesting is that in the comics he's a mutant oh okay uh, so there might be some explanation obviously given into the, the movie as to why he's able to do that but it's sort of like as they're heading into that direction with uh, mutants i think it's one of the few first characters we'll see that is a confirmed mutant at least yeah. it's supposed to be in the comics he's right. known as the submariner uh submariner sorry um so he's kind of like their answer to aquaman i think
0: And I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about, this is like getting into so deep cut Marvel stuff that I have, (laughs) I have no idea what any of this um, is. So that's interesting because they do, they do go against the comic when they feel like they need to. But now that they have the rights to the X-Men, I wonder if you're right. I wonder if this will be our first mutant and it'll be this, this dude.
1: Yeah, that, that's just my speculation that like, like you said when you when you watch the trailer and you see things and you put the story together it's kind of how I've imagined it it's going to be like our introduction to mutants but we'll see mm. um he's both a, a, a hero and a villain in the comics so we'll see what direction they take him to
0: yeah yeah probably either anti-hero or maybe he starts as a villain and becomes a hero or maybe they'll just anti-hero, say nope, he's that's a, a good anti-hero, anti-hero. Yeah. antihero
1: is a good way to describe it yeah yeah
0: and we haven't had a lot of those in, in the MCU yet, where they, no. they have sort of villainous intentions, but also uh, the antihero. Like my favorite, this is going to be a, this. If anyone gets this reference, uh, good on you. But one of my favorite antiheroes of all time was uh, Piccolo from the Dragon Ball Z series. I don't know if you ever watched that <laughs> as a kid, but J- Japanese animation series. Um, that was one of my favorite antiheroes where he kind of stayed villainous and didn't really 100% always jump over to the good side. Like even, I guess, Loki's kind of the closest. Um, yeah. But to me, I think of an antihero as someone who's like super ambitious with their own ambitions and their own agenda but they don't necessarily have evil intentions. They're not Thanos. They don't want to like, destroy or kill or do anything. Sort of like just, a Punisher. Yeah, like the Punisher. He just has his, I'm going to murder and attack these people. It's for revenge. I don't care if it's against the law. This is what I'm going to do. But he's not a bad person. He's just naive or he's forced into a situation or he's handling something poorly. Like Punisher, I guess, is the best example. But I don't know if he's still in the MCU or not or... It's, yeah, They um, haven't
1: mentioned anything about it. They were just addressing the Daredevil from the uh, Netflix series, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see where, where, where everything see where takes it. us. Maybe they're using yeah. Daredevil as sort of like <laughs> a true. guinea pig.
0: Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, so those are some of the trailers that I've seen recently that gets me kind of excited um, about, about two kind of different movies because, one, I really want to see what this Babylon ends up being, but also uh, the next MCU film uh, in coming up in November and apparently tickets are already on sale for that, uh, which is wild. Uh,
1: <laughs> but it's going to, I'm
0: sure it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be popular. The first Black Panther movie did very, very well. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, getting into just a couple fan questions here. We do have a few um, from, from last week uh, to go into this week's episode. Um, so first um, we've got uh quirkier or quirker. Not too sure uh, if I'm saying that correctly, and I apologize if I'm not. Um, uh, They have some suggestions for baby movies to watch Raising Arizona or Rosemary's Baby. So, this is in reference, Andrew. Uh, Taylor and I were trying to come up with a list of movies that we can watch near her final episode before she goes on leave that would be baby focused in in some capacity. Um, So, we're getting, we're taking suggestions and uh we've got two good ones here mean rosemary is baby that's a horror movie um so that so (laughs) i know taylor would be totally on board with
1: that one of my Um, mom's
0: favorite movies actually (laughs) now raising arizona i i've heard the name before but i don't know much about that movie um yeah same here i think nick cage is in it nicholas cage okay yeah it's it's a i'm looking it up right now it's a coen brothers movie okay um and yeah nick cage Right there yeah. is the I big thing. Definitely,
1: definitely remember seeing trailers and stuff about it, but um I never never that wasn't something I I thought to, to watch, but uh, with this theme, yeah, that that's an interesting choice for sure.
0: Well um quirker or quirkier or however you pronounce that, you you have Taylor's uh, interests perfectly here because that's Nick Cage and a horror movie.
1: So I'm putting, I'm
0: officially putting *Raising Arizona* and *Rosemary's Baby* on that list because Add it to that the board. would be a good thing. Add it to the board because that's Taylor's totally on board for that. Uh, next question comes from Josh, the Inquisitor, of course. Uh, oh hey, Mike, do you think you could have done a better job marketing for Bros? <laughs> okay, Josh. I think Josh is hoping I'll go on a rant here. Yeah, I think um, he's setting you up again. Listen. I am not uh as experienced or trained as the people who market for Universal Studios or any of the big, you know, uh Warner Brothers or what have you. Like I'm not I think Universal Pictures was the like product, production company behind it and and this was a Judd Apatow movie. Andrew, I don't know if you knew that. This is an no, actually, I
1: actually didn't know that.
0: Yeah, an appetite production. So they they know how to market their stuff. They are they are marketing people. So I'm not going to say I personally have more knowledge than any of them. The only thing I will say is I think there were major mistakes made in the marketing of Bros that contributed to its low box office return, especially in that first week. I'm not saying it's 100. What it was, I just think it's a contributing factor. Um, yeah, it might I not, And, and I, it might not be as big of a contributing factor as the things we know are out there in our society. I am sure there is a homophobia in certain parts of the United States that contributed to people not going to see this movie. I 100% believe that. I know there are certain countries in the world where this movie will not play. I know that as well. Mm-hmm, I also yeah. think that marketing contributes too. Because either mar- th- th- you're, you're a marketer, Andrew, so you'll appreciate the, the kind of feeling I have on this. Every time yeah. I hear all this negativity about the way bros is being received and the blame being 100% put on people who are straight, who are not going to see it, who are not comfortable watching it for whatever reason, I keep thinking, but no one's talking about the bad marketing, which I'm going to get into a little bit today. But no one's talking about that. And it was so egregiously bad that I just feel how could you not as a production group also be like, you know what? We didn't really give this movie a fair go. And I'm not talking about the amount of marketing that was done. I saw trailers for this everywhere. 30 seconds TV spots, one minute, one minute and a half long trailers. What I'm saying is that the volume was fine, but the content was not. The, Mm -hmm. The trailers devalued the quality of the movie. I went into this movie with the expectation that it was going to be terrible mm, because of the terrible. trailers. Yeah, re- yeah, 100% even though I heard from Nicole who gave it a good review, there was just so much not great marketing out there that I went, well, maybe this movie isn't for me. Like maybe this just yeah, won't yeah. resonate. And I mean I was wrong in a lot of ways. Like I spoiler alert, I actually enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, but And you're not
1: a big rom-com
0: guy either. No, I, oh, I hate rom-coms. Yeah, sure. I just, I'm such a,
1: I hate rom-coms. That, that fact alone just makes it even <laughs> more interesting that you enjoyed it.
0: Yes, and I did. And, and I, I enjoyed the movie. There's a lot of great things in it. And I just think the marketing did a major disservice. I'm going to spend a little time on this in my review near the end. I want to make today as much about the content of the movie as possible. Um, because I do think It's important when any movie comes out, regardless of the historical context, the sociological side, um, the political side, whatever you want to call it, whatever language you want to use. It's important to first look at the art and have a discussion about that first, and then we can get into everything else. So we're going to do like I'm going to invite Nicole back on the show. We'll do like a Bros deep dive eventually. But today will be normal review. And Josh, yes, I will rant a little bit more about the marketing later. So, no, I don't think I could do better. I just think if I was in the room, I would have said, hey, maybe we should cut together a trailer that tells people what this movie's about. Or, hey, maybe we should cut together a trailer that doesn't show us laughing at our own jokes. Or, hey, maybe we should put a poster together that actually tells the story of what's going on as opposed to literally nothing. Like the trailer, the trailer, anyway, doesn't matter. We're gonna get into it later. I was about to go on a rant, get into it later.
1: <laughs> you almost <laughs> took the bait. I almost, I almost took the bait. bait. No, I almost <laughs> did.
0: one more question here. Uh, this comes from Justine, and this will be good to lead into my bros review a bit. Um, because Justine wants to know, in terms of bros. Um, One of the things I really enjoyed about the movie was the variety of different characters that we got to meet. I thought that the acting was quite good in all the supportive roles in the show, in the movie. And I'm wondering if you had a favorite supporting character that was not one of the leads. I often find in romantic comedies that we spend more time on the leads, comma, as we should. But I I was really fascinated by the fact that Bros showed us a lot of unique, different characters. And I thought they did a good job of building the subplots in the movie. Okay, thank you, Justine, for that uh, question. Yes, I I also noticed a similar thing. Like, I thought they did a good job of even if a character or a sub side character had like one scene, they were very impactful. Um, Which is something that I personally think Judd Apatow movies do very very well. Is they bring in those one off characters and you remember them. In the trailers <laughs> the that I
1: saw, I thought the best parts were with uh, like that group at the table when they're pitching ideas. I mm-hmm. thought that's what I laughed the most was that those scenes when they were those random yes. characters that I knew weren't going to be the focal point of the story, but were there and were contributing. And I, I laughed the hardest at those two parts.
0: Yes, I think that those were some of the best scenes in the movie was the riffing around the table as the yeah. pitching ideas, which, I, which I'll definitely get into. But yeah, I I agree Um, I'm a big fan of Jim Rash, who plays a character in this, and Jim Rash from Community, of course, with the Dean. Um, So it's hard to not, I think, be drawn towards the actors or performers that you enjoy no matter what. But one of the newcomers, for me at least, that I really liked was – I. I Can't for the life of me remember the character's name, but I think it was something generic. But his friend, who he has, he has a scene with at at a club, and he has a scene a couple times later. His friend is um, in from the trailers. Andrew, it's the guy who who points at the at the like uh, buffed old person and is like, "Oh, it's like they put steroids into Dumbledore." Um, oh yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. guy. He plays some sort of tech guy like he's he, he runs a tech company because he, okay. he keeps talking about releasing new apps like they were talking a lot about grinder obviously because right, right, this right. you know this movie centers around a lot of that but it also was he kept going on and on about like releasing new apps and developing them so he's some sort of app developer he has three or four scenes where he comes in and says one line and it's like it makes you laugh so much you miss the next thing that <laughs> was being said so whatever that guy's character is he's kind of a, a bald dude um a middle middle-aged bald guy he was i think my favorite because he just kept coming in and saying something that just the comedic timing was so perfect um so i think that was my favorite of the, of the sub characters um this can bring me right into i think my review of bros we can might as well go right into it all right um so bros uh, i'm gonna go through like very very brief summary of the plot without too much spoilers but i'm gonna tell you right now if you're worried about being spoiled by the end of this movie like it's pretty much a generic romantic comedy i don't think i could spoil it for you uh even if i tried so i'm not gonna get into like specific details about what happened but i am gonna go into a little bit more describing the plot because those are some of the comments and and thoughts that I have on the movie revolve around that. Um, So Bros is about Billy Eichner's character, who I'm pretty sure his name is Bobby. So he went from Billy to Bobby, um, which is funny. He pretty much plays kind of a version of himself, but instead of being, you know, a, a YouTuber, who's an actor, who's a writer, he is a podcaster who gets put in charge of the first ever LGBTQ plus like history museum that they're putting, that this community is like putting in New York, like they're building it and they're going to want, they're going to launch it with different exhibits to talk about like the history in America of where predominant people who you might not know where LGBTQ had some sort of mark on society in some capacity. So all those pitch meetings that you see in the trailer is the committee who's trying to decide what to put in this museum which okay. is where a lot of the comedy comes because one of the running <laughs> jokes which i'm going to spoil a little bit is really funny is is billy eichner's character again i think it's bobby but we're just going to call him billy eichner he um keeps pitching abraham lincoln and they okay. keep being like there's no evidence <laughs> that abraham lincoln was gay like they just keep trying to like get him away from it. and he just keeps going on and on about Abraham Lincoln and it's one of the cuz he just keeps bringing it up every time um and that's one of the funny things about this group is everyone kind of represents basically a different letter right in the LGBTQ right. okay. spectrum some everyone and they've all got their own agenda at the meeting and it's so funny because mm-hmm. they keep, like Jim Rash keeps pushing um oh oh well this this person's bi so they've got to be it. And keeps, like, pushing and push, And the, the the bickering and yelling, it's so hilarious to see everyone kind of get together. And, and like, kind of we've talked about on this show and, like, we've talked about before, when you get a lot of people who are like-minded together, you still have your own agenda of what you're trying to push. Right, and I right, thought this movie yeah. did a really good job of, like, being very fair and just basically saying, like, hey, just because everyone here is fighting the same fight it doesn't mean everyone's going to get along always. Everyone's different and everyone has their different things that they feel are important and important to them. And I thought this movie did a really good job of that. Like for someone again going into it understanding, okay, this movie's going to have a lot of things that aren't for me. It's going to be a lot of things I don't understand. This movie did a pretty good job of explaining things oh, like nice. and, and really making it clear as to what was going on, which I appreciated. Um, it taking a moment to like let me give you context here yeah,
1: so yeah, you have a sure. sense
0: and Billy Eichner's character did a lot of that where he would be explaining or expressing or talking and it would give you more context of what was going on um, for example a lot of people don't even know what Grindr is and right. it's this dating app that is just basically for for gay men to find each other in in various community but there's so many more nuances to it. Like apparently there's location tagging or something where you you see the location of people and there's like security around that. Like there's all this nuance oh, okay. that they get into okay. that again you just wouldn't you wouldn't know. So the movie was kind of explaining a lot as it as it went, which again I appreciated um as someone who just doesn't who will freely admit and understand that I don't know anything about this world and the movie kind of, I think, knew who its potential audience was. Like they right. knew, okay, we're right. gonna we're gonna have to do some explaining here, which was, I thought, really well done and really well handled. Um, so Billy Billy Eichner's character, his job is to raise five thousand or five million, five million dollars to finish off the fundraising to get this museum launched. And that is basically his journey, his stress, the things that he's doing. He is completely and utterly uninterested in romance, which, as romantic comedies go, <laughs> here comes some romance <laughs> because you, you're not <laughs> interested. Stable. So, yeah, it's it's coming for you. So he meets this guy at a club. They're very like part of the tension in the movie is that they're very, very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, they leave very they've lived very different lives, they look at um, being part of the LGBTQ plus community very differently. They look at life very differently. They have different kind of goals and ambitions. And that causes a lot of stress between the two as they're trying to discover, like, can we make right. a relationship work? Can we not? Including what they want. Um, is, it a, is it an exclusive relationship? Is it not? What does that mean? Like all those kind of nuances come into it. Um, and that brings forth the drama. So the things that I really liked about the movie, uh, this is one of the funniest romantic comedies I've seen. Um, oh, yeah. Yo, know, if you separate romance and comedy, like, and just split the two things out, the comedy side was perfect, hmm. and it was it was hilarious. It was funny. As I said, it was very like. Again, it's tough. It's tough to watch something that is so clearly cultured in something that you're not a part of, and not comment on how well they did at making it feel like the movie was still for you. Like, I don't even know if that's a comment or an intention, but I went into this movie thinking, okay, just be prepared. There's things you're not gonna understand and thoroughly enjoying and understanding everything because they took a minute. (laughs) They took a breath to be like, oh, and by the way, this is like why this is the way it is. And a lot of that came from Billy's Eichner's character and the, the guy, Luke McFarland's character, cannot. the names are all generic, so I don't really know. Um, their clashes were sort of explaining some of that. And I that was the parts of the movie that I thought were, were the best. The comedy side was excellent. Very funny, very well written. The side characters were all very, very good. The acting was strong across the board for all of them. Um, those were all the things that I liked about the movie. Here's some criticisms <laughs> that, I, that I didn't like. Here's the things I didn't like. The romantic side of the movie was as generic as you could get.
1: Like I yeah, was the, I was actually just gonna ask that before you just yeah, jumped onto the negatives.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like if you again, if you split it out, comedy side, perfect, romance side, generic and boring. Mm. Like, again, I don't like romantic comedies. So I think part of that is like you get bored with the things that you don't enjoy. So I think I can understand. From that standpoint of like, well, I'm, I'm not really into romantic comedies anyway, so I'm probably just bored because of that. But that to me, that's also a knock against the movie. Like, you didn't really do anything original. They, yeah. like, they really didn't. The romantic side of this movie is as generic as you could really get. You could really um, tell where the
1: focus was, eh? Like, it was f- focusing on the comedy side versus the, you know, the, the link between the two characters.
0: Well, and I think so, and I think that at the beginning of the romance, there was a few little moments that were surprising and shocking, but they never really made those things seem more important than they were. If that makes sense, like it's hard without well, spoiling it's missed me, opportunities, but a missed opportunity to really be like, oh, but doesn't that cause more tension than never really speaking mm-hmm. about it again or kind of really adjusting it again? Like the thing I have a problem with romantic comedies is two characters will get together and then later will will say they can't be together for all the things they've already been struggling with and I'm always left with yeah but all this could be solved by having a 15 to 20 minute conversation like these aren't real problems right this isn't this isn't something major happens that you can look at and say this is the thing that broke them up it's it's more of a series of oh you two are probably maybe not actually right for each other and it's too real like I, it's a movie. I want there to be some something that makes it just seem like, well, if I wanted, if I wanted, you know, normal romantic comedy stuff, I would just live my life. Like, there's yeah. no, <laughs> there's no added thing that makes me go, oh wow, this is like unique and different. And I'm so glad I'm watching this. It was just like, oh, this is generic. So that was one thing I didn't particularly like about it. Whereas I, and again, probably because I'm not into romantic comedy. So if you're a romantic comedy fan, you're going to be in it. The second glaring thing that I didn't like was the character um, of, I'm looking up the names just to get them. um, The character of Aaron, who is the love interest for Billy Eichner's character played by Luke McFarlane. This individual cannot act. He just, (laughs) he can't, he can't do it. Um, I don't know his background. I don't know anything about him. All throughout this movie, they made fun of and kept coming back to the point, making fun of Hallmark movies. You know, like the you know how Hallmark has their own like channel yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. of and
0: production yeah. company, and they basically make these dumb hour and a half long movies. But some people like really really love them. They keep making fun yep. of those. Throughout My things. wife likes them. Yep. Yes. Yeah, see, there you go. Right, and that's I think they know their market. <laughs> they, they know who sure their is. market is, <laughs> and they just make these movies. First of all, he belonged in one of those movies. And second of all, every time he was on screen, the movie reverted and downgraded to a Hallmark movie. He just Mm -hmm. had no emotional range whatsoever. He had about the same amount of personality as a cardboard cutout. Um, you could have had Billy Eichner next to like a cardboard cutout of you know how you go to the gym and he got like the beefy like cardboard cutout <laughs> yes. like yeah you could if he was next to a gym sign this whole movie it would have been about the same like that's the level like Lupin Fran deserves what wow. a Razzie for the oh, terrible yeah. performance of this like I don't understand when you are Universal Studios and Judd Apatow Productions this is who you find. Now, again, they decided at some point in time to make this movie a cast filled with everyone who's LGBTQ+, like, every member of the cast, with exception to some, like, cameos, um, to, to be the principal cast, at least. And that's totally fine. You, you could not have found anybody else better. Like, I'm sorry. This was an egregious <laughs> mistake. Like, it lowered the movie's, like, like quality for me by a lot, especially when you see someone like Billy Eichner not the most recognizable name but a hugely hugely talented performer and big Who's personality big personality who really I got to tell you Andrew he tones it down for this movie like you would not even sure, right? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah like he's even there's one scene where he kind of goes a little a little nuts and crazy which is really hilarious but he really tones it down his personality and acts Billy yeah. Eichner's doing something that Luke McFarland doesn't do once in this movie and that's act he acts <laughs> He, he performs and becomes his character. And I just, I, I hate, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to sit here and like, I'm, I'm a podcast that Luke McFarlane never hears, so I'm not going like <laughs> to insult him by saying that. I just think you could have gone after anybody else in the entire world. Um, and you could have done a better job at casting a pivotal important. You know, there's been some backlash and I've, I've read a lot of things of people saying like, well, you should, you know, you should cast the best people for the role regardless of their sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. I just think people have to understand that this this is an important thing. It's an yeah. important moment yeah. to have better representation in film. This film did a good job of finding a lot of people except for one role to fill. And I guess that's kind of why I'm saying these comments as bluntly as I, as I am, Andrew is because look at how well they cast the rest of the movie. Like there was a scene. It was much later in the movie. You know how somebody like, Oh, they, they go through their breakup and then you see them like kind of date other people and it doesn't go well. Well, there was another character that Billy Eichner met that was also like a Luke and character is like a big gym guy goes to the gym and like really works, works out and stuff. So later Billy Eichner meets another guy that's like that but the, the actor who played that guy could have been the role better like his <laughs> his couple minutes on screen were so much more like interesting and so much more dynamic than than uh, Luke McFarland so yeah. i just well, think we, that i wonder like, what
1: the director saw in this guy to make make it stick
0: i i don't know um, i mean i think no matter no matter who you have working on your movie i think that hollywood films fall into certain traps and they they like yeah. certain people for whatever reason um, so I don't know what it was but I just I honestly was not was not a fan of him um, and it really it really hurt the movie for me because he's in, in it a lot um, with that being said excellent comedy it's it's laugh out loud moments um, the romantic comedy side is pretty generic the ending is pretty generic you've seen it a million times if you like that kind of thing then this mm. movie's a scene it's a see it if you like romantic comedies my rating for it is going to be a stream it because i still think romantic comedies are generally best streamed with like a group and just kind of watching it at your own pace at home and this is a movie that lends itself to that to pausing it to laughing to taking a moment because you can kind of jump in the net of this movie if you're with a group of people you're probably going to enjoy it a little bit more um so i'm giving bros a stream it but i do think if this you know if if this romantic comedy world is something that you're interested in, if that's the type of movie you like, then it's a see it and don't, you know, there, there's a lot of noise out there about this movie. There's a lot of noise on, on every kind of angle about this movie. It there's, there's nothing I swear. There's nothing in this movie that is shocking. There's nothing in this movie that is unique. It's just a romantic comedy. Um, And if that's something that you like, then you're going to like it. One um, thing that
1: I find that's really interesting is that on October 1st, uh, Rolling Stone posted the 70 greatest, greatest comedies of the 21st century. It's on that list. It's number 68, uh, 67. Sorry. So it beat it three other movies in the last 20 years. For yeah. Being, uh, the best comedy. So that says something right there. Um, as it was very early on in, in the release of the movie. Um, maybe even before all this backlash came out, but so that, that, Said something right there that you know it's better than Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the Mary Wit stories that was the Netflix series, and enough said the uh, Gandolfini rom com before he passed. Yeah,
0: like it's not better than Scott Pilgrim. Um, it's <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it's it's one of those movies that if it wasn't for the social side, like if it wasn't for the fact that it was really becoming a movie to be championed um, by the LGBTQ community because of one, the content, like this is the first major studio release to be a, a romantic comedy that features uh, two men and that features a principal cast that's all LGBTQ So if it wasn't for that side of it, and let's say we lived in a world where that was kind of the norm, there there was no that wasn't programming it was like oh yes of course like that you see movie this would be a generic movie um if you mm-hmm. replace these characters with any any individuals um of any sexuality um of any gender of anything it would still be pretty much the same generic movie um i don't i think that those who are championing it might be overselling a little bit i think those who are bashing it unnecessarily are homophobic and should be kicked off the internet forever um but we don't live in a world where that happens so unfortunately there's nothing to do i just think there's more there's more to this movie's lack of success than one thing i don't think it's just the, the me ranting about its marketing i don't think it's just homophobia i don't think it's just the movie being oversold a bit i think it's it's a combination of all of them um yeah. which isn't great because the movie is not still not to this date making money i thought maybe this might become one of those like cult hit movies that right. um basically you know doesn't do very well at the box office but stays for a long time as of yeah. today i think it's only made about 11 million dollars oh, in wow. u.s canada um which are the only countries it's currently playing in and its budget was estimated at 22 million and that doesn't include marketing costs so when you look at a budget, like when IMDb puts a budget together, $22 million is how much it took to put on the movie, right. not how much it was to also market it. So you have to add, the The rule used to be you double it, which I think is a little rich, but let's just, yeah. for argument's sake, let's just say it's $40 million total and only making around $11 million so far. That's not good. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's what they wanted to see it. With that being said, the genre of rom- romantic comedies also rarely does well at the box office. I think there's been only one smash hit in the past 12 years, and that was crazy, Richard.
1: Yeah, movie date yeah. night's not really much of a thing anymore. It
0: doesn't seem to be. A lot of people stream. Like, a lot of romantic comedies do very, very well on streaming Yeah. Um, and, and take. Makes it's just a shame. Because... Like, it is a shame that this is the world we live in, Andrew. Like, that. that's kind of part of what I'm saying. is like, there are people who will not go to see this movie because of their close mindedness and are going to miss out on a great comedy. Um, The romantic comedy side is what it is, but I understand that that's not my genre of movie. So maybe I feel differently if, if I enjoy romantic comedies. Um, This movie to me was like a solid seven out of 10, six, seven out of 10, you know, pretty good worth watching with a group has a lot of comedy to it if you like judd apatow movies it's the same comedy so i don't again, i don't know what people are afraid of but i yeah i do definitely think that the movie is not groundbreaking in terms of the film it's just groundbreaking in terms of what it's going to do as an impact same conversation i think i remember having about crazy rich Asians, except the difference was i think that movie was better um but it was very similar where i'm like i understand that this movie means more culturally and the impact is more. Um, it's just a shame that bros couldn't do the same thing. Cause if this movie was making money hand over fist, I think you'd see more studios be willing to take yeah. on additional projects. And the conversation that, you know, would be much different too. It would. The conversation would be who cares what a couple, you know, people think who are commenting. And I've seen these comments too. I did some investigating. I looked at, boosted posts and I looked at comments on mm-hmm. advertising for this movie and there's a lot of awful people out there yeah okay. saying and doing awful things. Um again, my biggest criticism of this movie, Luke mcfarlane is a terrible actor. The romantic side is pretty generic and boring, but the comedy is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's it <laughs> again, I don't get it, Andrew. I could go on rants mm-hmm. about how I don't understand how people would be like uncomfortable or people would be scared or people would be upset by this movie. Like it is, it's a fun romantic time. It really didn't matter that it was, it was two men. It was still a very relatable movie. Like I think yeah, anybody yeah. can understand some of the things yeah. that they're going through. Cause the movie does such a good job of not making it feel like, Oh, you're an outsider. You wouldn't understand. Um, which sometimes happens, which sometimes oh, happens with certain content um, sure. where you're, yeah. you're told you're never going to understand this. You're not going to get it this isn't for you. I think this movie did a great job of proving, well, actually it can be. (laughs) This movie. Inclusivity, yeah. uh, For sure. Like true inclusivity. We're just like movies like um, Happiest Season and Love, Simon and Bros. Mm -hmm. These are three movies that spoke to me in three different ways, even though I have have no experience in the things that they were dealing with, but they do such a good job of making it relatable that it, it leaves a much more warmer, satisfied feeling when you're done. Um, So yeah, that, those are kind of my, my thoughts on the movie. I, again, I, I did enjoy it. I know I'm giving it a stream it. I just think this movie is more enjoyable. at streaming. And I just don't think it's, it's, it breaks what it needed to, for me to say, go to the theater now. But in Taylor's tradition, my secondary rating is a, see it if you know, you enjoy romantic comedies, because then this is the movie for you. It's got yeah, like asterisks
1: on it. <laughs> it's got, yeah, a little asterisks.
0: If you enjoy romantic comedies, definitely go check out bros. It's, it's worth seeing for that. Um, very briefly before we talk about She-Hulk, um, I wanted to very, very briefly just explain my comments, about the marketing, I want to go into this a little bit more when I, when I welcome Nicole back to the show. Cause I, I want to, bros is one of these movies that I would like to go into some spoiler talking. Um, because I feel like you can't really talk about certain aspects of the movie praise it or or be negative without like fully explaining the context of scenes um,
1: okay.
0: but one of the things that I want to quickly touch on is I think that the people who marketed this movie should be ashamed this was some of the worst marketing I've ever seen for a movie it was one of like I it took me about 20 minutes of searching to find the full two-minute trailer of Bros and even oh. then it was so bad that i thought oh i guess i'm not missing anything because i'd seen a lot of one minute 30 second spots everything they showed me was just terrible it didn't give any context for what the movie was about it didn't explain the journey of the movie it didn't give you the tone of the movie all it showed you was basically it, like it honestly f- made me feel like this is someone who's marketing something who's very insecure about it. Cause all of it was like, look, listen, it's just, mm-hmm. just like a romantic comedy. It's just a romantic comedy. Look at this funny, funny romance. Ha ha. You're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. Come see it. Come see it. Please, please, please come see it. And it just, I don't think that's a good way to market someone. Uh, yeah. Sorry, something. So, um, yeah. And the, the comparison I was going to use, and I said this to to a couple of people I was talking about, uh, this too, Andrew. I, I was saying, like, it's a, it's like if you're on a first date, and you're like, "Please love me." You've <laughs> got to love. Me. If you don't love me, you hate me. And it's just if you're if you're going to push like that, you're not going to to be successful. Like it's you, to to market to someone is the same way as being in a relationship with them, whether it's romance or not. Make someone feel good right. about their choices, about what they're doing, about coming to see the movie, about being excited about the movie, like give them the, and this movie brings the feels. Why wasn't there more heart in all of these trailers and the poster g- generic with n- like literally nothing like the poster. I don't know if you saw it, Andrew was just basically uh, the sort of backsides of the two guys um, with holding each other's butts. Um, oh. And it says <laughs> a boy meets bro love story.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm sorry. That's not even like remotely reminiscent of the tone, the quality, the heart, the of the movie. Like it, this is the this is a cold, generic, nothing poster. And these things matter. Like I know some people are going to say they're like, who cares about the 30 second trailer spot? Who cares about um about a, you know a, a poster? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. If I didn't have screening in Kingston. I don't know if I would have seen this movie because of the... I was very excited when I heard about the movie, when I heard the first thing because it's Billy Eichner. I'm a big fan of his. But everything I've seen since the initial like interest in the movie has been so bad that I really think you probably made a lot of people go, eh, I'll see it when it comes. Like, I'm, I'm kind of interested, but I'll see it when it comes out in streaming. And that has nothing to do with homophobia that has 100% to do with your terrible, terrible marketing plan. Like, right. cut a trailer yeah. that has something in it, some sort yeah. of... All it was was laughing at your own jokes. And then some of the jokes were so out of context, they were so much funnier in the movie that I, they kind of spoiled the punchlines in, in trailers, which I don't like when movies do that. Yeah, I hate um, like that too. I just... it it made me so mad because here I am enjoying this movie thinking I probably wouldn't have gone to see this because the marketing was not good. And I'm like, I just think people have to realize, and I'm talking about marketing people, have to realize that building things up and showing heart and showing the, the like really unique rich characters that they tried to build like they did a good job of making two really interesting characters even though one was played by a brick wall the character they made was still interesting so they could have given i think a little bit more of an effort in there and been a little bit less needy.
1: yeah
0: absolutely Those are kind of my thoughts. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for more on that, um, everybody. I'm going to invite Nicole back to the show, hopefully in a couple of weeks. And uh, she's got some comments apparently on Don't Worry Darling. So we might do like a bros Don't Worry Darling revisit or something, which will be fun. And in that, I'm going to have more, um, more to say about the movie beyond the film. Um, but I, I wanted to focus on kind of the art today. Um, And kind of give the movie the normal type of review that I normally would. Um, And then let's talk about the rich historic content that I think. I really do think when we look back, this movie will still be something for movie history. Um, I know it didn't go the way I think Billy Eichner wanted it to go. But I still think it's created, it's going to create more conversations. Which at the end of the day is is how you start to make change. Yeah. Moving on from Bros for now, in, in the few minutes we have left, uh, Andrew, um, let's talk She-Hulk. Let's talk yeah. about that finale. So give me kind of your general thoughts, first of all, on the finale, and then just kind of weave that into the rest of the series. What did you think about it?
1: Yeah, the, the finale was, uh, was as I kind of mentioned, the, the show itself was a roller coaster, but this was definitely the the loop-de-loop of the roller coaster. Um, it it went in a completely different direction than I think anybody was really expecting it to. Um i watched it uh on the day it came out so i guess that would have been last thursday and i'm still not sure if i liked it <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i've been reflecting on it um because i knew we were going to talk about it today so i've been reflecting on it but i still don't know what my feelings are if it's a positive or negative feeling like i i definitely enjoyed it um i laughed quite a bit and uh, but when i'm you know sitting there and thinking okay well this is the last episode this is the wrap-up of the season am i satisfied as a viewer and i don't know if i was mm-hmm. um yeah which is unfortunate I, uh, because know, similar <laughs> yeah it's like it's unfortunate because it's similar to you i was really really enjoying the series uh yeah. up to that point and i'm not saying that i didn't enjoy the finale i'm just not sure if it's the way it should have went um to give it justice um but yeah, overall, the, the, the show went in a different direction, as I, we've mentioned a, a couple of times. And I mentioned before when I was on for the, um, the anniversary special, uh, the sitcom angle was very different and really cool. And uh, um, like I said earlier in the show here, that it uh, gave an opportunity to have a lot of cameos. So we saw a lot of cool ones, like obviously yeah. uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, we saw Daredevil. Um, yeah, which is not a spoiler because you put it in the poster. Yes, no, sorry, <laughs> have... I should have said
0: <laughs> I'll make sure it's in the description. We're spoiling it because we got to talk about the finale, and obviously, I spoiled it with Daredevil uh, being there. But it was nice but, to see uh, um, Charlie Cox playing Matt Murdock
1: again. Oh yeah, for sure, not just like a little teaser like in in, in No Way Home. Like it was it was nice to to be there. Um, yeah, so you know, I, getting a little more into it, like I I don't think they gave the whole um marvel finale that it needed like the action sequence big fight there really wasn't any of that um you everybody sort of comes together at the end like they're going to and then it goes a completely different direction she breaks the fourth wall completely by literally going to a different show <laughs> in your menu on disney plus it's
0: pretty funny though like, was I really like i like the kevin feige robot
1: Yes, um, that was yes. pretty
0: funny. <laughs> yeah, with the hat and yeah, uh, the little hat.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like uh, so. Yeah, like it was enjoyable. It just wasn't. I didn't feel like I was watching a Marvel finale, and I yeah. think that's important to have in these shows and movies because that's in in you know in the all end all end all that that's what it is. It's a Marvel product. Um, but yeah, um, I really enjoyed it as the a lot of Marvel shows and and movies get they had a lot of flack negative press Um, but I think it comes down to similar to uh, the Bros movie is just there's terrible people out there they're sexist Um, and I think a a lot of the Marvel fan base unfortunately is really misogynistic and I don't understand why Um, I thought it was a good product I thought it was a good show, good character Um, I thought uh, I can't pronounce the woman's name who, who plays Jen Walters, but I thought she did an amazing job at, uh, at performing uh, this character. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing more of her in, in whatever the future holds for her.
0: Yeah, I think we can agree that on screening in Kingston, we're just not going to have time anymore for the misogyny and the homophobia and yeah. people unnecessarily bashing things that may or may not deserve it. Like we, we will bash things on this show when it comes to the art. But to to completely rule out this series because its lead is female is one of the most ridiculous things um, I've ever seen. 100%. This is not, this isn't new either. Like that's what I, I mean, it's not new. It's both not new in two ways. One, I think people have always been like this, but the internet just gives us access. And two, female leads for superhero things have happened for a long time. I mean, not as long as it should have, but still it's not, it's not new. So I don't get it either. I totally um, am with you on that. And I, honestly, your comments for She-Hulk, you and I are on the same page. Enjoyed the series. Not so great on the finale. And I don't, I'm still sitting with it. And I'm not sure. Like, I feel like this is a series I'm going to binge again all the way through and just mm-hmm. see how I feel as a whole at the end. But I was pretty disappointed in the finale as well. But it is the type of series that I would see more of um, if they did another season. I would oh, be absolutely. Because absolutely. I enjoyed everything up there um so just to end this episode andrew very quickly i'm going to introduce a new little thing we're doing i'm going to throw this at you here i was given uh this this uh blockbustering movies and tv uh trivia quiz set that has these really random questions on it so at the end of every episode um with any guest we bring on and with any guest host i'm going to ask three questions of that guest and see if you get them right all right. um, so I'm going to warn you, they're random and they're difficult. So you might get some of them, you might not. Um, okay. But that's the whole point. We're just going to go through this whole set. Question one. Which movie is the character Satine from?
1: Satine. I do recognize it. Um...
0: You can get a hint. Okay. Uh, it, it it also, uh, the, the character Satine sings. That's your hint. Singing is your hint. She sings. Going um, to give you ten seconds.
1: I. I don't know. Sorry.
0: Moulin Rouge.
1: Ah, a definitely not. I guess <laughs> that.
0: Okay. Next question. In The Empire Strikes Back, Obi Wan says that Lu- that Luke is their last hope. Who is Yoda referring to when he says, "No, there is another."
1: He's referring to Leia.
0: Correct. I knew you'd get that one. Uh, last question. Uh, in Aaron Brockovich, when Julia Roberts uh, is at a restaurant with her kids, the real Aaron Brockovich cameos as what? The waitress. Correct. There you go. You got two out of three. That's pretty good. Uh this is a really hard random movie set things that like the genres are all over the place. So yeah. I thought that'd be a fun way to end. That was great. Episode.
1: You put me on the spot there. I was a little
0: nervous. <laughs> yes. You got two out of three. You did great. Um, but there you go. That brings us to the end of, of the episode this week. Uh, thank you. First of all, Andrew for, for subbing in for Taylor. You were willing to do that last minute last week. Um, and then you stuck around this week. So thank you for jumping in. Oh yeah. No worries. Happy to do it. Enjoy my time. You're um, always And thank you to everyone uh, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our reviews today, She-Hulk Bros, um, and all the trailers that we're kind of talking about. Uh, Probably Taylor will be back next week, but if not, we'll bring on another guest um, and we'll continue to review new movies. So as Taylor always says, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.